The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome once again, everyone. Thanks for joining us on The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Well, today we are focusing on a familiar theme, your soul's plan, or your cosmic blueprint, or your sacred labor. You know, call it whatever you want. It's about the same. This is what you came into this lifetime to accomplish. And it's why you're here. And this is why we come back to this theme occasionally. It's been a while. Yes. So we thought we might you know, revisit it. Now, let me see a show of hands here. How many of you already know what your sacred labor is? <laughs> okay, I see a few hands. That's good. That's good. Not everybody raised their hands, though. Um, you know, when it comes to your soul's plan, you know the usual question is, but how do I know what it is? I don't remember standing before the karmic board and declaring my commitment to fulfill, fulfilling my soul's blueprint. So let's start there. What is the soul's plan? What is the sacred labor? You know, I think let's start even before that. <laughs> okay. The fact that you have a divine plan, a soul plan, a sacred labor, something you're meant to do in this embodiment. And it can be something you've done in many embodiments or it can be something very specific that you have in this embodiment to do. And I, I love the concept that people don't know this because they've never been told it. No one has ever said you have a sacred labor, that everyone on this planet has one each time they come into embodiment. So finding that obviously is pretty important. But you can't find it until you know that you have it, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So every one of you listening out here that's hearing this, you have a sacred labor that you need to perform in this life. Now, in the course of today's show, we're going to be developing some of the, the key elements of what that sacred labor looks like. Um, in fact, we'll be listening to two different excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of sacred labor, where she defines what a sacred labor is and all the various components. So we'll be covering those in, in de- detail as we go along. But for now, it's a very important point, Sid, and you bring it up um, you know, quite explicitly, is that we do all have a sacred labor. We're not told we have the sacred labor. But if we look at our lives and what we've chosen and how we live, we might get a clue or two. You know, like you can tell from your talents or your, your, your tendencies, perhaps something about your sacred labor. And, and many times you'll begin to feel that in, in the early part of your life, maybe a preteen or especially during your teen years, you're thinking about something that you really want to do. You know, you want to change the world. You know, that's always the phrase, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? Well, uh, and then, and then you, you begin to follow a certain path. Maybe you plan what your education is going to be in higher, higher learning. You know, and that, that's sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't. So I think you can begin by saying, God, please show me what my sacred labor is. Right. Um, so you sort of open the door to see that. And sometimes you have to take a circuitous route to get to your sacred labor. In other words, it's not necessarily a straight line. I'm going to graduate from high school, 
or, or secondary school and go to college and get my MD degree or whatever it is you're going to do. And that mm-hmm. for some people, that may be true. But for others, you really, not only do you have to seek your sacred labor, but it may take a while to get there because, you know, there might be a few things that need to happen um, first. Right. Well, you know, the, the great ascended master, El Moria, um, calls the sacred labor your high calling as a son or daughter of God. So you can start there, and it doesn't define what it looks like. But he just says that it is your high calling. And we were kind of having a little interesting, interesting discussion before the show began today about some of the things that we might look and see people doing that you would think would be antithetical to a higher calling, like being an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't judge somebody's sacred labor. That person may have come to do that to make a certain soul happy. You know, that could very I mean, well be. You, that, you, yeah. that, that could be, but I still think it's a stretch. <laughs> Probably a stretch. But the point I want to make is that you cannot judge somebody else's sacred labor based on appearances. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is is that um, an awareness that you have one is important because I think, in fact, I think Mrs. Prophet mentions this lecture. You know, you go up, you go to college. Well, what am, how am I going to make money in this world? You know, how mm-hmm. am I going to take care of my family and so forth? And so. That becomes the motivator for some people, and so they will actually take a job that gives a lot of money, pays a lot of money, but might not be their divine plan right. or their sacred labor because they were, you know, no one's ever told them they need to do this. So why not get more money? Well, and you know, I mean, ultimately, if you look at the the, the litmus test, is finding God. I mean, as bald a statement as that is, that the higher calling is your way of finding God, and if you look at what you're doing, you can find God anywhere. Is there, let me ask this, is there a, a, a difference between, like there is a sacred labor and a dharma? Like, let's say somebody's got a job as a, as a janitor, that might be a sacred labor for a, a, a period of the day, and in the evening, they might want to be a painter, you know, uh, and create beautiful works of art. Sure. And that might be their dharma. Uh, can you uh, well, separate I, I, those it, for me? I think me? it's hard to define exactly. For example, I remember a fellow I knew many years ago, and he was a truck driver, okay? Uh-huh. Now, you wouldn't necessarily think being a truck driver is your sacred labor. I right. mean, it could be, but you wouldn't necessarily think it was because, you know. But, um, in fact, Mrs. Prophet told him that because when he drove the truck, he gave his decrees and prayers and so forth, he was actually holding a certain light balance for the entire trucking industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, prevention so that, of accidents <clears throat> and so on and so forth. So you could say that, in fact, was a sacred labor because he was holding light right. and he was helping others. So it may not be the way we think of it. But obviously, we need trucks, you know, to move goods. So, yeah. you know, it's in, oh no, that reminds me of one point Ms. Prop makes in the lecture. So your sacred labor has to be practical. Yes. And, and I love that concept because it's got to be real. It's got to help people or do something um, that, that makes the world a better place. Well, and, you know, here's another aspect, too. We've talked about this before, that one of the, um, um, what I'm looking for here to ascend one of the criteria is that you accomplish your sacred labor or your, your cosmic blueprint. Yeah, and, and you know you have to be careful that you don't get you know, so excited about this. Well, what if I don't find my sacred labor? I think for many people, they've been performing their sacred labor not just in this embodiment, but many embodiments. Mm-hmm. And there might be something you just might have to perform here um, to, to finalize that. And, and if your heart leads you to some place and you know it's right livelihood, as the Buddha teaches, mm-hmm. then it could very well be your sacred labor. And it could be like the truck driver where you're holding a certain balance for an entire industry. So it doesn't have to be discovering you know, the cure for cancer. It can be holding light within your heart so that, that the world is a better place. And we were talking just before the show again about the Ascended Lady Master Nada. 
Right. And in her final embodiment, she was a member of her big family, a member of a big family. Her brother and sisters all had extraordinary talents, whether music or art or whatever they were doing. And she said, didn't seem to have anything. But she was holding the light so that all of them could fulfill their divine plan. And that was her divine plan, a sacred labor for that life. And she made her ascension. Wow. Yeah, and by the way, you, you mentioned something a moment ago that needs to be repeated too. And that is that we're talking about your soul's plan. Not necessarily this lifetime's plan alone, but your soul has a longer trajectory. So the plan may have been in development. You may be continuing to fulfill your sacred labor or your blueprint over many lifetimes. Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for many people that determine they want to make their ascension in this life, and, you know, we've been promised by St. Germain we can do it either in this life or the next, depending how old are when we start. You know, it's a cleanup sort of um, activity. We're trying to balance the dregs of our karma, so to speak, <laughs> and some of the very intense records we have in our conscious, subconscious, unconscious mind with the vital flame and so forth. So that could be your sacred labor in this embodiment. Or it could be a, being an example of harmony, or it could be accomplishing something in the physical as an architect or a builder or whatever. So there's no set definition. But if you ask God to show you what that is, uh, he will. And, and follow your inclination, whether it's teaching children or helping the illiterate or whatever it is, there is a plan. Yeah. And I'm thinking of uh, uh, Clara Louise Kinninger. Didn't she, uh, didn't she just like pray practically all the time in her later years for the children, the youth of the world? And, and that may have been her sacred labor was just her prayer momentum, you know, that, that yeah. held the balance for the children of the world. It seems to have worked. I think she made her ascension. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was recently rereading the autobiography of a yogi about Yogananda, <laughs> who, a dear soul of light, and he, the great story I love in that book is where he's taken by his, initiated by his guru into samadhi, and this extraordinary experience, he comes out of it, and his guru says, go, go sweep the porch. <laughs> you know, so it. It's that balance of practicality and spirituality. I mean, God doesn't need someone sitting in an ivory tower someplace, you know, reflecting on, you know, raindrops or something. He needs right. somebody to be active <laughs> in the planes of matter that will help his children. And also, you know, when you do this, you help yourself. You know, the, the goal of all of our lives is to find God. And so you can find God through your sacred labor because, number one, it fulfills a, a requirement of your ascension. And number two, you're balancing karma which is what was something to do. So you can see it's, it's not necessarily a simple equation, but it's one that you need to follow in order to grow spiritually. Yeah, and you know, one of the um, parts of the process developing the sacred labor is the fact that it's a means of balancing the threefold flame. And a lot of us, we've talked about this before, um, you know, the blue plume of power and the pink plume of love and the yellow plume of wisdom. You can often tell where you might be a little bit light in one area or a little too much in another area, right. this could be one of those clues to what your sacred labor actually is. If you can determine as you're doing something, whether it's balancing a threefold flame or if it's pushing one to the to, to the extreme. Yeah, it's a temptation to stay with your strong one. Yeah. But all that does was delay developing all of you. And it's interesting, the Ascended Masters are all in a certain array, and we've had programs about the seven arrays, mm -hmm. and yet they cannot sort of be on one ray without uh, the attainment on the other rays as well. So they have to be complete, not just you can major in one, but you have to have the others as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. well, again, so well, I'm just thinking of the balance of, uh, you know, uh, the harmonic balance wheel on an engine, for instance. You know, it's, it's, everything's got to be in balance, you know. And as um, Sid said earlier, too, you know, one of the, the basic criteria is practicality. 
Yeah. That whatever else it may be, it must be practical. You must be able to use it so that the transformative nature of it is not something so etheric that you're, you said you're <laughs> meditating on raindrops. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, something in there, it's, it's something that can be applied in the and, real and world. you know what? It may not be glamorous. No, it may not be at all. It and parts of it will be drudgery. Every job has drudgery. It yeah. does. I mean, that's just the way it is in the world. So, again, I go back to Yogananda and sweeping the porch. <laughs> so, you know, you look at the whole equation. Of course, what you bring to your labor makes it sacred. And, you know, you mentioned the janitor earlier. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and if that janitor brings the devotion and light of his heart to what he's doing, it does become a sacred labor. For, for example, if he, the money and abundance he earns from that, if he puts it to good use not beyond his own personal needs, then it becomes sacred, mm-hmm. you know, to helping other people. So we have to be very careful. And maybe part of that is learning maybe a little humility. Well, the right. da- danger of ego, you know, l- looking to, for acclaim or human recognition. And that brings another point, which I know Mrs. Prophet will address, is everything you must be do must be to the glory of God. Yeah, indeed. You know, and I, I, we watch, uh, my daughter and I, we watch, watch baseball. And I, I remember, <laughs> uh, uh, for those of you not in this country, but anyway, uh, we have a World Series where the tubes play for the championship. And we saw one a couple years ago where a fellow hits a home run and he runs around the bases and he's pounding his chest. You know, <laughs> like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and recently we saw a game where the, the pitcher got the last guy out. He did the sign of the cross and pointed up to heaven. So, you know, oh, one is, is giving the glory to his human ego, and the other one was giving the glory to God. Oh, As I yeah. recall, the guy that beat his chest got beaned the next time it was up. Did he really? So, yeah. and, and that, you know, that's a, well, wait a minute. I do everything to the glory of God? Mm-hmm. That's an, isn't that an amazing concept? Because people are, are motivated perhaps by money, by praise, by accomplishment. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with accomplishing things and doing well. We're supposed to, but you must give God the credit for it. I mean, Jesus said, you know, I of myself can do nothing. It's my Father who does the work. God well, is if the Jesus doer. says that, then it's, it, you see, it's, it's positioning ourselves. And I think that positioning in our consciousness is important not only to balance our threefold flame, but to move forward on the spiritual path. Because yeah. uh, if we think our human consciousness is the key to, to victory, we're never going to make it. I, I remember uh, Mark Prophet, you know, I, I'd give him a compliment on something like that, and, and he, his response was, well, all glory to God. Well, indeed, God is the doer. And, yeah, and it was great for me to hear that because it was the first time I'd heard that, I think, in, in this life, you know. I, I hadn't been around people that were giving the glory to God. <laughs> you know. Well, um, we're coming up on a break here, and Elizabeth Clare Prophet has spoken quite a bit about the sacred labor both, you know, what it is and how to recognize it. So when we return after a short break, we're going to hear an excerpt from a special presentation concerning your soul's plan. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. 
on The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us here on The Open Door, where today we're talking about your sacred labor, your soul's plan, your cosmic blueprint. And we each have a high calling. Um, This is our sacred labor, and it involves perfecting the talents that God has placed within our souls and it is our surest means of finding God. Here's more. In the Chila and the Path, El Moria defines the sacred labor as your high calling as a son or daughter of God. Let us accept immediately that we have a high calling. Even if our vessel of the high calling might be empty at this moment, let us each visualize and you can even draw a picture of what your precious chalice looks like. So Almoria defines the sacred labor as your high calling. We could say our highest calling is our sacred labor. It involves the perfecting of the talents that God has placed within your soul. In 1984, Almoria said, the entire purpose of life is finding God. Finding God. Has your purpose been fuzzy? Have you not been able to define it? Here it is. The entire purpose of life is finding God. Finding God in all the nooks and crannies, in the mountains, in the forests, in the trees, in the oceans. Finding God in the heart and being willing to feel the pain of that love, so great a love in our hearts. Finding God in yourself and your talents and your calling and your sacred labor and endowing anything that you do with his spirit. I think that is something that we should take to extremes. Endowing anything that you do with his spirit. 
the only way to know God's Holy Spirit. The great Elohim who framed the worlds from the beginning is to enter the grasses, to enter the thunder and the lightning, to enter the pain, the glory. There is no ascension without pain. We should rejoice in it. We should be glad in it. We should transmute it. Lady Master Clara Louise Kininger told us in her dictation at this conference that you must have a sacred labor if you are to achieve immortality. Your sacred labor is the work you do with your hands, your heart, your head, the trinity of El Moria's heart, head, and hand decree. If you do not have a sacred labor, you are missing the most important calling in life. The sacred labor is your entree into your spiritual universe. What is your spiritual universe? It is your holy Christ self waiting to receive you as bride. It is your causal body, your I am presence, one with it. Your sacred labor is the means to your ascension. But having a labor is not enough. You must have a sacred labor. And when you use the word sacred, whether you are a teacher in preschool, whether you are a scientist, whether you are an architect designing the future of this entire community, that sacredness, that very word, sacred, must every day and whenever you think of it, reignite the fire in your heart that there is something alive and wondrous and it is the sacredness that God is in me. With that, I can move to the stars. I can dance through the galaxies because in my heart there is a sacredness. There is more than the mundane that in the end really provides no reason for being unless it's human glory, wealth, materialistic things. How many people do you think pass from the screen of life and at the moment of death realizing that all that they worked for, they really never got what they really wanted? And what did they really want? No one ever told them. They wanted to have a part of God. They wanted to be a part of Him. They wanted Him to be part of themselves. So they went all over the world seeking this formula and that, seeking this prize and so forth. Let none of us reach that moment of transition without having defined the sacred labor. The sacred labor is your reason for being. It's like your mission statement. If you would put a preamble to the mission statement, you would say, my mission is to embody the sacred labor. Then to define that sacred labor and to define how it will come into action every day of your life. The sacred labor has to meet certain standards. First of all, it must be practical. All of the ascended masters and every chila I have ever known who is a true chila is at first Last, foremost, practical. If we are not practical, the sense of sacredness is a blur. It's simply a blur. 
In the Keeper's Lesson 30, El Moria teaches us, the ascension is a mathematical formula. If when you are weighed in the balance at the end of this incarnation, you are found wanting in the application of the sacred fire, one, in dynamic decrees, and two, in laying down your life for your friends, the law guarantees that you must return to physical embodiment to complete your assignment. Do not fear the sacred labor. The sacred labor will take you in byways and avenues and different octaves and different levels, but it is taking you there because God says, you have an incompleteness here. You have something to deal with there. So let your sacred labor be a transforming labor. Let our sacred labor contribute to our wholeness. No ascended master, neither association with our community, can offset or compensate for your absence of application of your own heart flame to the need of the hour, both spiritual and physical, practical and etheric. Your sacred labor is integral to balancing your threefold flame. A simple experiment with a child's top or a windmill will show you that if each part is not equal to the other, we will not manifest the wind, we will not have the balance that we need. Balancing your threefold flame is integral to your sacred labor. So if you fear to enter in to the monumental presence of one of the plumes of the threefold flame, conquer your fear, conquer your doubt. Let love take you where it would take you. If you enter the wisdom plume or the power plume, then enter it fully. Be prepared for heights of glory, depths of despair. But above all, do not fear to open yourself entirely and allow the masters who are our wondrous friends and gurus such as Kathumi and El Moria, Saint Germain and Jesus and so forth. Let us open ourselves, let God do with us what he will, and let us experience a constantly transforming fire. We will go through the trial by fire, either voluntarily or by force. So let's make up our minds today that we will go into the trial by fire and not have to be dragged there by ascended masters who are telling us this is long overdue. As you know, you cannot make your ascension until you have balanced your threefold flame and fulfilled your divine plan. Your divine plan is part of your sacred labor and vice versa. I think we'll probably um, stop it there for the moment. We'll come back and continue this after a break, but before we go to that break, um, a number of points that kind of came up here. One, I want to make sure we understand that the divine plan, the sacred plan, is practical. It is done to the glory of God. Those are two important points that have been pointed out in this excerpt we just heard. And we also want to note that, you know, this is something that is sacred. It's alive and wondrous, to quote Mrs. Prophet. I think it's a beautiful well, way well, to state it. Makes, I mean, when you think about it, the work you do when it, <clears throat> it is your sacred labor, 
it has a holiness about it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Whatever it is, maybe you work in the cafeteria and make food for children at school. I mean, just think of that. You can you can send forth the love of your heart into that food, affect the children what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. And I, I you know, Mrs. Prophet too mentioned, don't be afraid yeah. to go after the sacred labor because oh oh, what does this mean for me? You know, and, and I think, and where do I start? I guess that's the next question. Well, you know, start by getting right with God, by confessing and asking for his help and opening yourself up. And if there's parts of your life that you know uh, need to be corrected that aren't quite right in terms of honesty, integrity, and so forth, we'll correct them. Mm-hmm. Then when you correct them and you're calling to God, God can then lead you to that next step. And sometimes there's preparation involved. I mean, we were talking before the show about the book, uh, The Magnificent Obsession. I mm-hmm. think that was written in the 40s or whatever about this. And I can't remember exact details, but the, a person is driving a car. He hits somebody else and paralyzes them. And he's so concerned about this that this guy goes back to medical school to become a surgeon so that he can develop this <laughs> special surgery to save this guy's life or to get him to walk again. So, in other words, there might be some preparation. Just as if, if your sacred labor is something specific, you need to go to school, to college, or whatever to learn that. But start somewhere and make a declaration in your being that, wow, I, not only do I want to f- find out what my sacred labor is, I want to do it because it's exciting. Well, it's transforming. Yeah, yeah. good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we will continue uh, with another excerpt from the same lecture after a short break. So please do stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. 
is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. I'm here with Terry and Sid, and we're talking about the sacred labor. And to recap, before we continue with the excerpts from the lecture on this topic by Mrs. Prophet, the sacred labor is holy, must be practical, we must do it to the glory of God. And as we'll hear in a few minutes, it has other qualities, too, that should probably be present. And one of the statements she made in the previous excerpt that we heard was, Willingness to lay down your life for your friends. And that is misunderstood often because uh, really what that says is you're willing to sacrifice your own ego. You're willing to look silly if need be in order to give a, a true lesson to somebody else. That laying down your life for your, for your friends basically means that you take on a higher consciousness and awareness of who you truly are. And you give of your time and your heart and your talents. Yeah, and of course it isn't how much we give but how much love we put in the giving. So, anything we want to say, gentlemen, before we move on? Well, to the so it's not necessarily laying down your life for your friends isn't necessarily giving up your life, no, so to speak, or dying. No, it, it's, it's it's doing all these things. It's that the you part just I, said. I die daily. You know, it's, yeah. it's the, the the human ego is what you give up. Yeah, that's giving up your life because none of the human will go, will go into <laughs> the ascended uh, state. Well, nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. Can't take it with you. <laughs> well, without any further ado, let's listen to the second segment of this excerpt. I mean, this excerpt from this lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on your sacred labor. Here it is. Your goal is to balance the threefold flame so that the love of your heart is equal to the intelligence of your mind and to the determination of the will of God within. The very sacred labor itself is the means of balancing the threefold flame. Whatever your work and service is, It will involve, inevitably, some drudgery, some heights of excitement, of discovery, of being on the cutting edge of moving forward this community, or being a part of the tremendous manifestation of science that is in the world today, and so on and so forth. The means of balancing that threefold flame is that within the sacred labor itself, there is the Trinity, And the white sphere at the base is the fount of the Divine Mother rising from the base of the spine. So it is a fourfold activity. So the first requirement of the sacred labor is that it be practical. Another requirement of the sacred labor is that it must be performed to the glory of God. Who will tell us whether we are performing for the glory of God or maybe two or five or ten percent is doing it for the glory of the self. Our Holy Christ self knows, our I Am Presence knows, and we can know if we want to know. If we don't want to know, and we want to get a little praise, a little bit of upliftment, not in the sense of the good sense of giving a reality check to people, I'm speaking of the sense of the glory of God. How can you perform a sacred labor to the glory of God if you do not know God or his glory? 
Mark used to call it the glow ray. Glory is the white fire of God. It is the halo of the saints. It is the aura of your four lower bodies. Serving to the glory of God, you enter in to the weaving of the seamless garment and the ascension flame. Whatever you do, if you don't do it to the glory of God, is not a sacred labor. How burdened we are when we realize this and we realize the high percentage of mankind do things only for praise, for glory, and so forth, to be thought well of by men. This is not a time for that because we all have karma. We need to see ourselves perhaps in the role of St. Francis, St. Clair, in the sense that poverty is a wondrous teacher, that creating a vacuum allows us to be filled. There is tremendous music of the spheres that brings us into alignment, music we may not even hear, but it is calling us back to the point of the Atman and to balance the threefold flame. Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. If Jesus said that and said that he does nothing of himself, can we do better? The understanding of the principle of dedicating one's life and service to the glory of God was revealed by God the Father to St. Catherine of Siena. Her biographer, Egino Giordani, records that on one occasion while Catherine was praying, Jesus Christ appeared to her and asked, Do you know, daughter, who you are and who I am? If you knew these two things, you would be blessed. You are that which is not. I am he who is. If you have this knowledge in your soul, the enemy can never deceive you. Again, you are that which is not. I am he who is. That's the mantra I want you to take with you at the conclusion of this session. Jesus says to Catherine, you are that which is not, meaning Catherine must sustain herself as an empty vessel. She needs to be the negative, that which is not, so that the empty vessel might be filled with the one, her Lord, who is saying, I am he who is. You are that which is not. That's the negative polarity that we have in matter. I am he who is. If you have this knowledge in your soul, the enemy can never deceive you. You will escape all his snares. You will never consent to anything contrary to my commandments. And without difficulty, you will acquire every grace, every truth, every light. Note that Jesus told Catherine, without difficulty, you will acquire every grace, every truth, every light. With that lesson, Catherine became fundamentally learned. She was founded upon a rock. There were no more shadows. I nothing, God all. I non-being, 
God being. That is the other part of the mantra. I nothing, God all. I non-being, God being. If we are nothing, we are void. We have chosen to empty ourselves so the Lord Christ can enter into us. So on the plus side, the sacred labor gives us the opportunity to build. On the minus side, the sacred labor creates the vacuum. Another requirement of the sacred labor is that it be rooted in all four pillars of the path of the ruby ray. Sacrifice, surrender, selflessness, and service. You can tell if you have not fully submitted to those four S's if you are still looking for outer approval, the approval of the world, your family, your peers. None of that is really important. It's the sacred labor of heart, head, and hand that will change the world, no matter who is the instrument. What's important is having the approval of the Ascended Masters, the Archangels. Doesn't mean to say we shouldn't do a good job and earn the compliments of others, but you have to know inside of yourself that all the kudos of the world cannot add up to the sacred labor. Another requirement for your sacred labor is that it must be your own sacred labor, not another's. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna counsels the warrior Arjuna that he must engage in the battle, even if he will fight his own kinsmen, because it is his dharma, his duty, or reason for being. Krishna says, no man attains freedom from the bondage of action simply by not undertaking actions nor by mere renunciation does one attain perfection, for no one can remain absolutely inactive even for a moment. Everyone is made to engage in action, however unwillingly. Do your allotted action, for action is superior to inaction. Even the maintenance of your body cannot be accomplished without action. Therefore perform the action that has to be done, continually free from attachment. For by performing action without attachment, a man reaches the supreme. One's own dharma, even when not done perfectly, is better than someone else's dharma, even though well performed. What is your greatest talent right now? And how can you embellish it, perfect it, refine it, Will you study? Will you improve? Will you burn the midnight oil? Studying books about what you are into in your department, in your service? Be certain that you don't take the broad way that leads to destruction, the easy way. You have a sacred labor, and it's one sacred labor. It may encompass many jobs, many commitments, many things you do in life but you have to center on the one sacred labor that you came into embodiment to perfect. It is your highest calling. It should be your greatest challenge. It should be your most wondrous joy. You should wake up in the morning at five o'clock and say, I can't wait to get to my computer. I can't wait to get to my machinery. I can't wait to do this job because this is my sacred labor. 
This is my own. I know I have to do this. For my fellow Chilas, for the Ascended Masters, they need me in this position, even though I could slough off. Take it easy. Take an easier job. Not worry about it. The sacred labor has in it the fiery intensity to carry you like a rocket to the plane of your I am presence and to the moment of your ascension. Fulfill it well. Indeed, fulfill it well. Let's take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment for our final segment. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, we are back. Thanks for staying with us on The Open Door, where today we're talking about your sacred labor. Now, um, we're going to recap here before we go on with this, this discussion. Your sacred labor is holy, and there are four basic requirements. One, that it is practical. Two, that it is done to the glory of God. Three, that it conforms more or less to the path of the ruby ray, which is the surrender, selflessness, sacrifice, and service. And four, that it must be your sacred labor, and not another's. Right? Absolutely. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, I, I think back to my own life, you know, I, we all do that. And I think uh, uh, how great, because I ended up being a performer for most of my adult life, mm-hmm. and how great it was that my, my mother and father bought me a magic kit, you know, when I was just a little boy, <laughs> you know, for Christmas. And so there, there, I started right off. So if I wasn't tuning into it, at least they were, you know. Here, let's get this guy up on the stage, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I think, Terry, the, the point is it didn't become a sacred labor until you gave the glory to God. Yeah, Th- That's true. You know, and yet you prepared for it by doing it. And then you reach that point, you know, there's nothing wrong with human attainment. Because then you have something to lay on the altar and Indeed. give to God. And so you, you converted from singing for Terry Kennedy right. to singing for God. Yes, and, that's right. And, you know, it's what a change. And it doesn't, I'm sure you can describe it, felt differently for you. It did. It did. Because it, it felt really good not to, uh, not to be absorbing 
applause or anything like that, you know, uh, just in keeping it within, you know, you were, you were sending it back up, you know, yeah. and you were letting people know that too. Well, you know, you said an interesting thing about, you know, getting this magic kit when you were a child. Right. A lot of times we're given props. We're, we're, we're given <laughs> clues and hints. You know, yeah. we know in our hearts now that those things were not accidental. Yeah. That we were given something that ended up adding up somehow or other That's true. to the big picture. The angels were directing my mother and father oh my to gosh. Buy, that, buy that kit. And you have to be a little attentive, don't you, at a certain oh. point? Because it's so easy in this culture in the West today to be so busy, quote unquote, mm. that you miss the signs. Or, mm. or you're too, you know, too busy having a good time to see where God is directing you. So you have to really, and that, we go back to what we talked about many times in the past, having that period of time during the day when you are alone with God, mm-hmm. to talk to God, to listen to God, to pray, to give you decrees or whatever. Right. I remember when I was in uh, uh, early high school, someone gave me a book and to read while on summer vacation. It was called, um, uh, uh, I can't remember what exactly what it was, <laughs> but anyway, it was about Africa, okay? Mm-hmm. And I read this book and um, something of value, that was the name of it, and something in me stirred. I don't know what it was, but something yeah. stirred. I knew I had to go to Africa. And what it was was not only a karmic situation, but something that hadn't been accomplished in a previous mm-hmm. life that I accomplished in this. Well, that was the stirring. But, you know, it meant something to me. I mean, because a lot of places in the world, it wouldn't mean anything that got to go there and do that. And so be attentive. But, again, don't let yourself get carried away and distracted. So that's where you have to say, God, is this really what my divine plan is? Is this really the next step I need to go? That's right. Yeah. And, and that's a prayer. You know, we ask for that clarity. We ask for the light to sh- to shine on this situation or this decision so that we are making it correctly and in line and conforming to our sacred faith. And don't get upset with God if it doesn't work it's out. Right. And, you, and you said, I really want to do this, God, but by the way, is it your will? Um, that's when it comes surrender. And surrender, of course, is one of the, the four paths of the Ruby Ray. Can, can I just talk about that for a second? It's Absolutely. So, sounds kind of scary. Sacrifice, <laughs> surrender, Ooh. selflessness, and service. And I, whoa, that's Mother Teresa. That's, that's not me. That's not the easy way, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's freedom. It's, it's joyousness to, to do these things, to give of yourself, not worry about defending your human ego or who you are, quote-unquote, in the eyes of the world, but who you are in the eyes of God. Indeed. And the joy that you get from helping someone just out of pure love in your heart can never be equaled, in, no, no matter if you get all the honors the world has to offer. And, and the concept of emptying our vessel, when she was describing the um, Catherine of Siena's pathway to being learned was thou the all, I the nothing. You know, that at some point you recognize that it is God who is not only the doer, God is that thing which is being done. I mean, I I love it because, go ahead, I know you were struck by it too when you you Well, yeah, and I I highlighted this. Uh, If you have this knowledge in your soul, the enemy can never deceive you. And so once you learn who you are, it's just like it's a whole brand new game. And, you, and you stay Earth. awake. You stay awake. I mean, That's the right. Buddha said, I am awake when he was challenged, Gautama Buddha. And so, yes, we have to be awake to because there are forces that will take us, try to take us from our divine plan, that will sing praises to you. You know, there are uh, some imposters of the Ascended Masters out there working from the psychic realm. And one of the reasons you know they're imposters is because they spend all their time praising people. Oh, you're such a wonderful soul. You were so-and-so in a previous lifetime. Oh, this is great. Da, 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 da. You know, and that's yeah. a true sign. It's, it's not the real path because the real path says, you know, sacrifice, surrender, selflessness, and service is the key to finding God, which is, we remember, 
as the prophet mentioned, El Moria said, is the goal of life, to yeah. find God. And as we perform our sacred labor, we become sanctified. We don't want that to go to our heads. And that's one of the levers that the fallen ones will use is, oh, you're so holy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I delight, you know. Boy, it just gets all, good? it gets so intellectual. Uh, and, and that's a danger sign too. Well, then you go back to this Catherine of Siena thing where, my vessel is emptied for God. Yes. You know, and, you can't and, be deceived. You know, I heard a teaching this yeah. week uh, where the understanding is, you know, you don't get to heaven based on your intellectual capability. It's, <laughs> it's the wisdom ray is one of the, the three Thank forms, of heaven. course. But it is the quality of the heart, always the quality of the heart. And the person that does the greatest good for God is not necessarily the smartest, although it's good to be smart, obviously, to do certain things, but is the one that has a developed heart, that they can see through their heart, they can think through their heart, they can speak through their heart, and not their, their conscious, human consciousness. So, you know, this is a path that has great rewards, but you have to position yourself. You have to surrender things which the world has taught that just aren't true. You know, oh, make a lot of money, get a lot of praise, you know, on and on and on. Then you've truly accomplished something. You've only accomplished something if you'd allowed yourself to be the instrument of God within you. Yeah. And going back to what we've talked about a couple of times already today is that you can receive, you can be aware of clues to what that sacred labor might look like by what your tendencies are, your interests. It doesn't have to be something that you don't want to do necessarily. It can be something that you feel very inclined to do. Usually it's very exciting. You yeah. feel a fire for it. Yeah. And it may be karmic. A passion. You know, mm-hmm. it may be karmic. Boy, I'm going to finally balance this karma I made. That's exciting. And then something else opened to you. You know, in my life, when I was in high school, I thought about being a minister, you know, and but I, you know, because of what I believed, I'm not sure any church would have taken me, you know, in terms of reincarnation and so forth. And I had to go on a byway, which was a career in banking. But then God led me to the point where I am a minister today. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's trusting God and staying true to him and who you are, and God will lead you and take you by the hand. And you won't be deceived if you right. really work at that. You know, one of the most fascinating aspects of being in these teachings and being in this community is to listen to other people's stories about how they got where they are and that there has been no defined path because it's personal to each of us, but the zigzag course that we take is not accidental. <laughs> We're here on purpose, yeah. but sometimes you don't really see the whole, the big picture until you surrender. You, you know, it's Mrs. Prophet mentioned, you know, you have to do something. In other words, <laughs> it's a plane of action. Right. You cannot accomplish what you need to accomplish in this life by being passive and waiting for someone to come and say, oh, here's your sacred labor. Yeah, well, thank you know, you. We, you must be engaged <laughs> in life and you know, that's how, that's how you end up at the right place. You're attentive. You follow your heart. You ask God to show you. You're careful not to go on byways that take you where you're not supposed to go. And you will arrive at that point where you need to be to fulfill not only your sacred labor, to balance your through flame, and to make your ascension. Because this is what it's all about. Again, the goal of life is finding God. And you find it through your sacred labor. You know, we often refer to our community as a community of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that the sacred labor is one of the foundations of that community. Absolutely. You know, and here we are, hopefully, <laughs> fulfilling our sacred labors. And, and you know what? The guy that picks up the trash and takes it, I mean, is his job more imp- less important than somebody else's? I mean, if nobody picked up the trash or nobody cooked the meals, we wouldn't get very far in this community. <laughs> true. So whatever God has asked you to do, do in humility and love, and you will be fulfilling your divine plan. Indeed. So look at what you love. Look at what you feel passionate about. Look at what inspires you. And there's probably a clue embedded in there as to what your sacred labor is. So let's just quickly recap the four 
components of this, that it be practical, that it is done to the glory of God, that it is in more or less in alignment with the Ruby path, which is the service, sacrifice, selflessness, and surrender, and that we it is our own labor and not somebody else's. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I don't know. I just think about the, the so many of the souls that aren't here today because of, you know, abortion oh. and one thing and another. And so these are souls that could have plugged in with a specific, this is the thing I've come to do to help save planet Earth, to help to help correct uh, the direction that things are going with society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's the sanctity to life. Indeed. Know. And we hope that we have not cause anybody any trepidation about their sacred labor because this is a joyful path. It is. And it does, as you know, Mrs. Prophet said, sometimes it has a little bit of drudgery in it, perhaps. It isn't always, you know, roses. And what life doesn't. What life doesn't, exactly. Yeah. But sacred labor is something definitely worth pursuing. And if, and if any of you listeners out there have any questions about your sacred labor, specifically on this tub- mm-hmm. subject or any other subject, Contact us at webradio at tsl.org. This is my line, Tom. <laughs> webradio at tsl.org. Oh, you do that so well. <laughs> thank you. Glory to God. This has been a fun show. <laughs> yeah, all glory to God. It has indeed. Well, thank you both for being here again. Always these discussions are not only lively, but they're, they just speed by oh, so they do. fast. It's a bullet train. It's a bullet train. Well, it's a bullet train straight to heaven, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for being with us again. You know, this is, you're the reason we do this. This is... Um, you know, our combined community sacred labor is to share the word, share the teachings that we so much love and uh, have you know, formed such a core in our lives. So, as we like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards, rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Until next week, be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.